0: eight days away now from the tournament starting. And so I think it's a great time to to have a conversation about these World Cup squad announcements. We've seen a couple of maybe surprising players left out of some big teams. We know with the tournament moving to the fall, it's also meant that a lot of injuries have happened for some sides as well and players aren't going, or maybe even some national teams are taking a chance that a guy's injured and he'll be ready to go by the time they start. Um, So let's start with, Let's start with the three South American sides that I think we view as ones that could at least make a quarterfinal if not go further. Um Brazil being the first one they've got the best odds. They're plus 400 to win the whole tournament. Brazil's always going to have great odds to win it all. Now, quarterfinal for them it's minus 228. So there's no value on quarterfinal. You basically would have to take them to get to the semifinal at plus 111, which is not mm-hmm. amazing future bet odds. So uh, the team that they announced—they do have Allison and Ederson—are going to be the the goaltenders. Uh, Alves, Teles, Silva, Danilo at the back. They've got Casemiro, Fred, and Fabinho in the midfield, and then up top, like most Brazil teams, absolutely loaded with attacking talent. Whether it's Neymar, Vinicius, Jesus, shockingly, Antony. I'm a little, still a little bit confused why we we're seeing no Firmino, but we're seeing Antony there. And then Richarlison as well. So, what do you think of Brazil heading into the tournament?
1: Yeah, I was reading about the Firmino thing online, and and a lot of Brazilian media were just like, "Yeah, like I get the Firmino thing because he plays for Liverpool, but when Firmino suits up for Brazil, like he's just not very good." And so, like I do think that when you're weighing value in these tournaments, we you do have to account for the fact that. The way players play in club and the way players play internationally are just two very, very different things. Like mm-hmm. That's why we're probably going to see Richarlison starting at the 9 over Gabby Jesus uh, for Brazil is because yeah. Richarlison's a menace for Brazil and is not... He is, just
0: fits so well with the other guys that they want to have up there. in yeah. Jesus... We we kind of see it at Arsenal where Arsenal, he's like the guy. He's the right. guy that's making all the plays and they're like, No, 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 we have Neymar. <laughs> like yeah. he's gonna be that guy. So we don't need you to do all of that. We need right. you to Rezal- more and, and like Richardson
1: will be Richarlison's fine, like facilitating like facilitating for other scorers. And like that's kind of the role that you want him in. Um I just think this side's overvalued. Like I don't really know how you do anything with this side as far as betting them before the tournament. Like they're gonna win their group. They're massive favorites to win their group. They're massive favorites to get to the quarterfinal. And like, this tournament is too unpredictable. And football in general is too unpredictable for me to be laying like a minus two twenty eight to make a quarterfinal. Like, I just like, I just can't. Like, that's just not a thing that I can endorse. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna endorse a plus one eleven. I'm not going to endorse a plus 400 to win the whole thing. I mean, I think they're going to be there. Like, I think top to bottom, it's the best squad in the tournament. I think they're going to be there at the end. But I think that a lot of other teams have systems and quality, too, that can beat Brazil. Um, So I'm, for me, like, they're a deserved favorite. I really love this squad. It's, But it's just one that you don't want to do anyone anything with, betting-wise. It's almost, I almost look at this like I look at a golf tournament. Like, I want to look towards, like, the middle of the board and be like, okay, like, here's the teams that have the quality and the systems that can win the tournament. I'm not going to go down here and try to convince you that, like, Poland is going to win the World Cup. Like, I'm not going to go there. But, like, I'll look towards the middle of the board and try to beat some of the favorites. Although the FIFA simulation where Argentina wins it has been really messing with my head the last few days. Well, and I agree.
0: The golf point's a great one because – It'd be like going and betting on Rory to win right now. He's plus 600. Do you want to grab that value or do you want to go and find top 10s, top 20s for good players and kind of just play the field more so than betting on Rory? So I would agree on that point. Plus when I'm looking at it, yeah, they should easily come out of their group, Serbia, Switzerland, Cameroon. I'm not worried about any of those teams winning the group from them. But then after that, what if you get a Portugal, a Uruguay in the next round where Yes, I think Brazil are the better side, but again, soccer so volatile. We're, we're a red card away from Brazil yeah. going
1: home. So and maybe even not really. This like and it's funny. Like you said, going to the Uruguay squad. Like I really like Uruguay squad. Like I was yeah. going through earlier and looking at that squad. Like there's so much depth and talent in that squad. Um, you know, we don't have the keeper that I like. I don't love that we don't have like an elite goalkeeper the way Brazil does. But I mean, you look you look otherwise, and like. Ronald Rojo is uh, at the back, along with, like, um, let's see. Oliveira's I mean, back
0: there. Yeah,
1: Olivera's back there. Uh, Jose Maria Jimenez uh, Jimenez from Atletico Madrid's back there. They have a couple MLS guys. Sebastian Coates, who's got 47 caps from Sporting in Portugal, is back there. Uh, in the midfield, Rodrigo Bentancourt, uh, who regularly yeah. starts at Tottenham and has been a Uruguay regular starter. Lucas Torreira. Uh, That plays in Turkey. Uh, Federico Valverde, who's arguably like a top 10 player in the world right now. Uh, Manuel Yagarte from Sporting. Uh, And then up top, up top is where they really, really boast their quality. Uh, And Cavani is there and he's had 133 caps. Luis Suarez is back. Um, And he and then Darwin Nunes is up top. There's just so much there. Like, I mean, there's so many. And that's the important thing with these things is because if someone gets injured in this, uh, in the cup, is they can rotate a lot of players and they're going to be fine. Like, we have more than one squad where we're like, where it's like, okay, we can go and compete with high level teams. So I like Uruguay a lot. I think that it would be interesting to see what a line is because I mean, Brazil would almost certainly be like minus 150, minus 180, and probably have like a minus 300 to advance. I don't know that I would like bet Uruguay to advance, but I do think that Uruguay would push them really hard. Yeah, um, and I know or, we're kind and, of and the
0: value. Goals. We agree on the Uruguay point because I really like Uruguay as well. Heading in, you can get them quarterfinal at plus two forty. Like to yeah. me, that that's value because I'm not worried about them necessarily getting out of the group. I think it's them in Portugal. You know, Ghana might give them a bit of a run, and in, in Korea that's not an easy game, but. I think if you get out of that group... Also, they beat Portugal at the last World Cup. So there's nothing that says they can't win the group, get a bit of an easier matchup in the next round, and then we're talking about them in the quarterfinals once again because they've consistently been good in the World Cup, the last number of
1: World Cups as well. Well, And I'll leave this open-ended because I want to hear your thoughts. And, like, so this is where I kind of, like, get... Like, I kind of tussle back and forth. Like, yeah, I can bet Uruguay to make a semifinal at plus 550 or... I can turn around and just bet Uruguay to win the World Cup at 50 to 1. And then if you get into a quarterfinal, you can start hedging. And so I'd be interested to hear your strategy on that. Like, do you take them just to win it and then maybe hedge based on matchups where you take some of the unpredictability out of it? Like, you get like three days where you can be like, okay, I know in three days' time I'm getting Uruguay versus Brazil. I can decide how I want to handle this with a 50 to one future in hand, or do you just bet them to reach a certain round and ride it out?
0: I would almost play both in this situation in particular. Like I would almost play quarterfinal because I feel good that they're going to get there. And then I would sprinkle on winning the tournament in case they get to that quarterfinal. And then I look and maybe, maybe it's a side that you didn't expect to see there and you think,
1: you know what? I actually kind of yeah. like that matchup for them and and well, then that's I, I just let it ride. And that's what I'm saying is because like, if I get Uruguay, like if I bet Uruguay to make a quarterfinal or even a semi and like they get there and let's say, and like, I'm not taking shots, but like, let's say for some reason, like someone like Senegal upsets Brazil and yeah. you get Senegal, Uruguay and you're just like, I'm not hedging this. Yeah. You're like, I'll take my chances. Like, you know, I haven't and beautiful- that's why I'd
0: play both because I want to make sure that I'm protecting my investment on the fact that you know what, I thought they'd get to the quarterfinal, they're there, but I love going out and getting the the future bet of them winning the whole thing and then they go on a run and then you're like, Oh, like I might just let this ride and then right who knows maybe they get that nice semifinal matchup you're like you know what at this point i'm already in so far i might as well see if they can make the final there's a
1: couple teams in that 50 to 1 range that i'm probably going to employ that strategy with because there's teams that i just kind of want to like just kind of get a feel for um like, I think Croatia is another one, and I know we're in South America, but like, that's another one that I looked at. Um, just because, just because of their pedigree, like, there's so much pedigree there. Where if you're getting and this 50, is like their last run, like, this is pretty yeah. much like the last dance of Croatia. Um, yeah, and so, like, you know, that they're gonna go with everything, and so, like, that's why I'm kind of like maybe, and that may be one where I look at like a quarterfinal thing because, like, they're, I think they're minus 300 to advance to the round of 16. And that's, that's where I start. If I'm betting someone to win the world cup or something, I want to know that they're like, unless something goes catastrophically wrong, I know I'm getting a knockout stage game. Like I know I'm not getting eliminated in the group
0: for sure. And, And the last team in South America that we'll touch on would be Argentina because you mentioned that simulator earlier. The simulation has Argentina lifting the world cup and Lionel Messi going out with a world cup finally in his career. Now, he missed out on it in 2014, losing in the final uh to Germany. And that I don't know what to make of this Argentina team because anytime you have Messi, you've got DiBala, you've got Di Maria up front, like there's a lot of attacking power. I think Martinez is okay in net. Um on the back end, I do like Martinez and Otamendi. Um Romero's pretty solid as well. But the midfield is a bit of a question mark for me. Like Perides, DePaul, Gomez, they're all okay players, but I don't love Argentina's midfield, but at the same time, even when they went back in 2014, I wasn't crazy about their midfield just up front. They had so much talent that maybe the fact that they have that good back line and good attacking, like that's enough for them to go all the way. Now, I don't think that there's a lot of value here outside of maybe you just sprinkle the winner because of the simulation, but quarterfinal, they're minus 139, semifinal, they're plus 150. And winner, they're plus 540. So what do you think of Argentina?
1: Yeah, it's funny you say the no midfield. Like that just kind of like it, it, it's going to give me mental fits because I watch a club every weekend that has no midfield essentially. <laughs> and so like I just have a hard time seeing the link up play being super, super solid with Argentina with no midfield. Like they have good ball playing center backs like Alessandro Martinez is pretty good at that. Uh Christian Romero is really good at that. Uh, and I'd imagine that's probably the first two center backs we're going to get for for Argentina. Um, they have so many good ones. You just really don't know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, that's why I'm kind of like, I, again, there's no value in plus 600 in the long term. Uh, and I'm sure that they're laying probably 180, 190 to make a quarter and probably plus, like, 130 and plus 140 to make a semi. And so something in that range is just – I just can't do it. Like, I just can't get there. They're probably going to be there. If you play it, you're probably going to be able to cash a ticket, but all it takes is an injury, an injury or a fluky result to derail that entire ticket. And if I'm going to have a ticket derailed by something like that, I'd rather do it holding, holding a larger ticket.
0: Yeah, I agree a hundred percent on that. Um, so that's where we're at with South America. Um, Obviously, Europe is always going to be one that we focus on as well because we have so many quality sides there. Um, don't really think we're going to be focusing much on Asia, Oceania. We'll have uh, North America as well. But Europe's going to be the primary focus of it, which is we'll start... You're playing Colombia CONCACAF teams not going to win the World Cup? You know, no, they aren't. <laughs> um, so let's start with England because... They think it's coming home. They keep saying that it's coming do home. Do they think so? They, they keep saying that it's coming home. And I have an English dad, so he tells me all the time that it's coming home. And, you know, England's side, I'd be lying if I said I don't think that it's another great side that England has. Ramsdale, Pickford are the goal-tending situation. They do have a lot of solid backline players. Although, if I see Harry Maguire out there, I might have a stroke because you've got – stones trent alexander arnold dyer shaw walker trippier this could have been a lot better of a back line as well if you had a healthy reese james but he's a guy that they'll miss dearly midfield wise you got phillips rice bellingham henderson and mount and then up front they got a lot of attacking options in harry kane rashford foden Grealish. still a bit confused why Grealish is there um saka and sterling i think it's more so just the way that Grealish plays with the setting up portion of it. That's why they like him there. But I almost wish that they had a guy like Ivan Tony there. I know that he wasn't going to get there, but just... Well, he's, a, and he's got
1: some other problems right now. I know, I know, but still.
0: And then <laughs> Sancho, he's not been great either. So so I, I wish that Grealish wasn't there, but I get why he is. So people are going to say it as they do all the time. This is the golden age for English soccer. They're true contenders. They went all the way to the semifinal in 18... They were in the Euro final in 2021. Is this the year that England goes all the way? They're the winner. Odds are plus 800. Semifinals plus 175. So once again, we're talking about like not great odds
1: overall. What do you think of England? Well, and then like also like I think it's worth ca- like I think it's worth capping that like they've been in absolute turmoil for like the last 365 days. Like that's yeah. something you have to account Just for. Just look at their Nations League. Well, and like when when the English FA is accompanying Mauricio Pochettino to watch England play, like that tells you kind of where they're at. like mm-hmm. they're kind of like, okay, like, hey, Mauricio, like what would you think about this squad? What would you do differently? Like they're like Gareth Southgate is absolutely on the hot seat. Um, it's a guy that you know is gonna set up defensively, which is really not what I want. like I want I need goals. Uh, and so I know that the quality is there, but it's a guy that's regularly shown us. He doesn't really know how to fill up a lineup card. Like he doesn't really know how to put coherent squads together. Um, and so as long as he's there, I have a hard time backing England, even though it is the golden generation of England soccer, soccer, like this is as good as the roster is going to be for a long time. And so for me, like it's a ton of talent and they're probably, and they're deserved favorites in their group. Um, but, you know, it is a team that I think like I'm more looking for some money line action against England in the group stage yeah. uh, with either not with Iran, but either with the U.S. or Wales. Uh, I do think it's a team that's going to slip here and there. And I think that if things get bumpy, like it's a team that could see an early exit, like England's not a team that I'm looking to back going into no. the world. Cup. So
0: I was actually going to bring this up. Is it crazy to think that there's a chance that with everything going on with England, that they don't get out of the group stage at plus a thousand?
1: So I think the thing, like, I think they have the quality to get out, but will they have to get, the problem is you're asking, you're asking either Wales or the U S to get all three. Yeah. And then that's my concern is I don't know if any any team in this
0: group can get all three.
1: And you would have to have Iran get one like you would basically have to like be like you'd have to prevent the scenario where England wins two. Mm -hmm. like that's that's something you have to avoid. And like for me, I have a hard time getting there like I have a hard time being (laughs) like, all right, like I think the US is going to go in there or even Wales. And I do think Wales has a better shot if you're taking a shot with one of those teams, because I think Mm -hmm. Wales like
0: just territorially familiar with them as well.
1: That and territorially, like you know that, like that's gonna like they're gonna be a really really juiced to play them, and not that the U.S. isn't. I just think that Wales matches up a little bit better because I mean I think Wales and the U.S. are like eerily eerily similar, which I think Vegas Vegas does too. Like I mean I have U.S. minus one hundred five to get out of the group and Wales plus one hundred. Like we're talking like minuscule differences in squad measurements. Um So. And I think England's going to win the group. I think they're going to do it comfortably. I think there's a decent chance that they leave with nine. <laughs> like I like. <laughs> um, and if they drop one, I expect it to be a draw. Like I don't expect it to be like. Yeah. But I am going to look if the pricing is there, like with U.S. or Wales, then I'll probably look at trying to fade England. And then if we I get almost into the- wish
0: that England had a group that had that second team. Where yeah and like, really
1: when i want a frisky second place team in the round of 16 like i like that's where i want to get england like yeah. i want to maybe get some goal spreads and then get like a, a really I'd good i'd love to forward.
0: see senegal or ecuador
1: as like a Hmm. yeah i mean i th- i think that that would be interesting because that's who they're um that's who they're matched up with right is that because yeah. i'm
0: anticipating like that. the netherlands gets out so as the group winner so if they do and england win
1: well and that's not a and that's a nation that has historically had trouble like has yeah. had trouble like taking handling business so like maybe we get one where ne- the netherlands kind of slips senegal wins the group and then
0: netherlands is right there interesting got we got might as well talk about netherlands since we're on them as well um so Netherlands as a whole they've got Van Dijk and Dumfries at the back. They've got De Jong in the midfield, they've got Depay up front. But as you can tell I only mentioned four players names because outside of that I don't know what to make of this haul inside. Their their winner odds are plus 1200. Quarterfinal they're 1 minus 139, semifinal they're plus 250. What can we expect from Netherlands? They're in that
1: group A with Qatar, Ecuador and Senegal. So what do we think they're going to do in this tournament? I think they'll be pretty good at the the back. I just wonder what we're going to get up front. Like, I mean, with Memphis Depay, I think Steven Bergwijn's probably going to get action. Like, I think he made the squad. Um, So, I I think that – I think they're going to be good at the back, man. But, again, like, the price is so steep. Like, I mean, I think they're sitting somewhere in the 10 to 15 range. And I think
0: there's way better odds on other teams than I do too. Do
1: I do too. And we're going to get there because there's another team that I'm in love with. <laughs> um, but like, and this is another one where like, I'm just kind of like, all right, like, I think they're good. I think that they're the favorites still in their group. But again, like it's a team that I would like to take a second place team against in the round of 16. Like, yeah. I think that that's a, and they're matched up with England's group. So you, right yeah i mean you get a united you know, like, states can I, like can i get yeah can i get the netherlands in the u.s and get u.s at like incredible odds because Probably. the u.s has the the u.s has the and this is i think where like maybe the perception is off the u.s has the quality to take down a team like that like there's a lot of quality in that squad like and especially up top like especially in the attacking part of the field which is not what you want if you're Holland, who I think is probably going to struggle to score goals a little bit, like you don't want the team that's coming in with, like, all right, yeah, like Brendan Aronson, Polisic, uh, Giovanni Reyna, mm-hmm. and Weston McKinney are lining up across from you. Like, you're just like, all right, like, that's, that's
0: good play. players that play in established leagues that yes. can, I mean, that's it yeah,
1: it's basically Premier League and Bundesliga players, like, and then that's before you get to like. Yunus Musa, who's playing in the Liga at Valencia. Like, there's like there's quality all over the field there. So, and not to get off on the US tangent, I'm sure we'll circle back to the North America. But like for me, like that's another team that I want to fade in the round of 16. I can't really do anything in the group stage. Senegal would have been a fun one to bet, but Mane is banged up. And like if their best player is banged up coming into the World Cup, who knows how much he's going to be able to play? And if he does, how healthy is he going to be? Um I won't back cutter under any circumstances. Um, so yeah, I mean like for me, like I just, I have a hard time fading Netherlands in the group stage, but again, I would love to fade them in the round of 16.
0: Um, so let's move over. Let's talk another European team, France. They are the defending world cup champs, um, but a very different side than what we've seen. What, for, even from that team four years ago. And a lot of it has to do with the injury front. Um, no Conte, no Pogba in the midfield. Um, they still got Larissa net backline. It looks like they're gonna have Varane, Pavard, Hernandez, Conate, Conate. Sorry, and then midfield, they've got Rabio, they've got Fofana, and then much like Argentina, you then look up front Mbappe, Benzema, Giroud, Griezmann, Dembele. Now, I think we're gonna see one of those guys they're going to put them in the midfield. I think we could even see like maybe a guy like Dembele dropping back and playing in the midfield for them, but winner odds plus 600 semifinal plus 160. Again, we go down the road of terrible odds. So is there any reason to back France? Because I think that France are a fade team for me. Um, I actually kind of hope that they slip up in their group. Because I would love an Argentina France rematch again like we had in 2018 and I think it would go the other way because France doesn't have the midfield that they
1: did a number of years ago. So what do you think of of the French? Yeah, no, I mean I'm I'm fading them too. Um, I'm fading them too because I love the other team in their group. And so <laughs> I'm and so it's a team that like I don't like I don't think that it's a guarantee that they win their group. I think no. there's a chance that they come out second. Uh, You know, there's a lot of injuries and questions around that French squad. Like they had some of like the squad selection day type stuff where it's like Mm -hmm. we legitimately don't know who's going to be in the team. Um, So, you know, they roll in. And I think that with this group, what's France have going for them and what also Denmark have going for them is that the other two matches should be relatively easy three points and that but again and this is why i'm not interested in backing france to win their group because if i get a one-on-one with denmark and france to win the group essentially and potentially a draw like it could go to tiebreaker and have goal differential like i don't want a big fat minus in front of france like i don't because Mm -hmm. i think like i think that based on the pricing point that we already have on that match that i would back denmark like that's in a playable range for me and so if I know that going in, I'm not going to back France to win the group. Now, I don't think it's a team you want to see, though, when you get into the into the knockouts. There's just so much quality there back to front. So I don't know that I'm fading them to get put out of the tournament. I think that I would be more interested in them being maybe the contender that doesn't win their group and has to play from a second place slot.
0: Yeah. And then, as I said, you maybe get Argentina if they win their group and then you know, it could be a round of 16 and out for them. But again, there is so much quality up front and Bappe on his own could go and score a couple goals and then take them on a run. So I, I can't bet them on any sort of future stuff. I probably, I don't even know how much I love them in like multi-goal spreads against Australia or Tunisia. Like I think they should win by multiple goals, but they might mess around a bit. And then Denmark, yeah, I'd be really interested in what those odds are going to look like in that game because it will likely decide the group, I think. Um, a team now that I'm high on this team, I actually like Portugal this time around.
1: I think I do too. Um... But, but I
0: think they're the most complete Portugal side because in, in years past, we've always looked at Portugal as they go as
1: far as Ronaldo takes them. Hey, and so I, don't I have odds. Before we move, I have odds on all three France matches if you want them. Okay, what are they? So, France against Australia, they open. France is minus 475 <laughs> to collect all three. Okay. France, so, you have
0: to go multi goal spread there for value.
1: Yeah. And then France versus Denmark, where France is laying minus 105. Draw at plus 235 and Denmark to collect all three at three to one at plus 300.
0: I would bet probably.
1: Denmark, I would have Toronto Denmark. Met. I would have Denmark against some sort of spread in that range, and then I and then France is only minus four hundred against Tunisia. <laughs> Jesus.
0: Okay, but Portugal wise, I just think that this is the most complete Portugal ti- team that we've seen. Yeah, Costa and Net. They've got Dalo, Cancelo, Pepe, Diaz, Pereira on the back end. They've got Silva, Nunes, Fernandez in the midfield. And then Ronaldo and Felix up front. I'd love them even more if they had Jota as well. But it's unfortunate that he won't be there. So I just think that this is a very complete Portugal team. And I think I'm going to convince myself to pick them to win it as a as a future bet. I don't think they'll get all the way there and get it done. But I think I have a great hedge opportunity of them getting to a semifinal.
1: I do think I do think that like 14 to 1 um is where you can kind of start to look. Like you yeah. can start opening it up. This was and- my starting point as well. I think that this
0: is after this, like anyone after that is fine but before that it's stay away.
1: Yeah, like for me, so for me like Portugal at 14 to 1 is where it, like it's not playable for me. If it had been 16 to 18, I probably would have fired it. Um I like them. I just I think that this is right about where they should be. Um, yeah. You know, I think if I think at their peak, uh, I think they're still probably behind. I think they're better than the Netherlands. I would have had the Netherlands significantly lower. Um, but I do think Portugal behind Germany, England, Spain, France, Argentina and Brazil is right where they should be. But like we talked about, like if France slip and all of a sudden they're playing Argentina in around a round of 16, then none of that matters because you don't have to beat them. Uh, you're you only have to beat one of them in a hypothetical world. So I do think that Portugal 14 is not a bad look. Uh, if you can find a better number, then I like it even more. But um, for it did not make my card, but I do like it. Like I like the squad a lot. Part of me is almost hoping
0: that Portugal opens with just like a not great result. Yeah, like they, they open up with Ghana, and maybe they just like
1: draw. I'd love for them to open with a draw and their results fall to like twenty, and then I can come back and buy it. Yeah, like that's so, something I enjoy.
0: It might be something because my fear is if they pick up all three on Ghana, then that line will probably move up a little bit, and then I, I don't want to take it. So right now I probably will, but I might double down later on if if that changes. Um, the team that they're just ahead of is Belgium, and love them. They're plus 1,600 now. I think we differ a little bit on this one. I think they have a lot of top-end talent. Um, yeah. Courtois and the one of the best goalies in this tournament, I think. Um, at the back, they're okay. They got DeVasse. They got Mounier. Um Midfield-wise, they got Carrasco. They got De Bruyne. They got Troussard. They got Hazard, Mertens, and Lukaku up front. I think it's a, a solid long shot. I mean, we are talking about a team that was third in 2018, um i don't know if they're legitimate
1: contenders but you sound a little bit higher on belgium so so what is I it about Belgium this time the, around? i also bet them to win the euros though so like yeah. like this is a team that i have a history with like it's a team that i've enjoyed backing they obviously did not win the euros didn't even get to the final um but i do like them like i think they're really good um i don't i don't hate the idea of playing them at 16 i think them in portugal should probably be be priced the same i think that the top end talent is something that you really want on the field in a uh in a knockout stage and a one-off setting um i think that that's what creates goals like i mean i think when you have a guy like kdb in the middle of your midfield like that's is he the of,
0: best midfielder
1: in the world i think so yeah i think so as well okay so like you've got him him in the middle which creates chances like Lukaku playing for Belgium is a little bit different than like the Lukaku we've seen in club football for the last <laughs> as few As long weeks. as
0: it's not Lukaku that plays in the EPL, then, then we're good.
1: Yeah, right. Oh, and oh, so God. I think like you'll get a better version of him. Like Hazard's been good. Trosard's really come on in club ball this year um so if if like trossard continues that form into the national team they get even better in the attack and then courtois has the ability to erase defensive mistakes like that's one where even if i'm getting outplayed i know i'm in the game because i have courtois in goal so i think at 16 to 1 like that's where you can get behind them because you know that you're going to get a ton of really good scoring chances and even time even like half chances can be finished because you have so much attacking quality and then you know that if you get matched up with a really solid team, that Courtois has the ability to keep you in any match. Um, so I think that like I'd be interested in backing them at sixteen to one. Uh, I, the problem is I try to stay, I try to take more like one mid middle of the um, middle of the market team, and then I try to take like one longer shot. So I don't know that they're gonna make my card, but it's that hasn't been decided yet. Like they're right on the fringe.
0: Um so we'll move to we'll move to Germany is there anything really with Germany this
1: time around that you like or is this like what are your? I just thoughts just that? I just think they're priced right where they should be like it's a really yeah. good solid squad I don't think they have the upside to be the favorite or hoist the trophy at the end I also think like if you draw them in like in the knockout stages or not draw them but you progress and meet them like you're just like shit I don't want to play Germany um
0: yeah no one ever wants to play yeah football. and so
1: like i think it's one of those squads like they're going to be a pain in the rear but like i don't think that i i don't think that they're on my list or they're not going to be on my list as far as playable i think they're good i think they're really good though yeah because
0: i'm not worried about them getting out of the group it's them in spain and then costa rica and japan i think are kind of just throw-ins um yeah I'm like really that's not a worried real... about them. i like, am worried
1: about the next stage though yeah, well, and, like, the round of 16 is such a, like, is such a mess because, like, I don't even know who they match up with. But, like, if you're coming out, like, let's just say that I Belgium, Belgium, Croatia, Canada, well, also, Like, if you're matching up with Belgium, like, Belgium is probably, like, damn, I don't want to play Germany. But by the same token, Germany is, like, damn, like, we're arguably playing one of the top three te- teams in the world in the round of 16. Like, yeah. you know, that's a lose-lose for everybody except the fans. So um you know and that's part of you do have to weigh that with belgium i think that's cooked into their price like i do think that the fact that spain or germany would have to face belgium in the round of 16 is cooked into their price so if you think germany is better than belgium and you think germany is going to beat belgium then maybe you should be interested in them 10 to 1 because you know that means that there's probably a little bit of value there but for me like i would probably be backing belgium against germany which is why i have interest in that price I don't like Spain a lot. I didn't like Spain at Euros either. Like I, I was either. not on to that squad at all. Um, I do think that there's I question something... their up front. Yeah. I don't well, think, I think that
0: they have that guy that I think could go and score like when they won the World Cup,
1: they had David be up front. Yeah. And I do and I think that the and I do think that the thing with them is and Germany is that there's something to the group of death wearing you down physically more because you're playing such higher level opponents. And yeah. so I do think that with that, you do worry about a little bit of progressive fatigue as the tournament goes on. Even if they get out and whoever finishes second manages to slide by Belgium, you just worry about like how much is left in the tank after that.
0: Yeah, I agree. Okay, so let's focus. Last one is U.S., and then we'll, we'll give a future each that we like that we haven't talked about. So U.S. to make the quarterfinals is plus 460. Their odds to win it all are just shy of 150 to 1. Not that I think anyone's really taking the U.S. to go and win it all, but as you said, they have the quality in the side to push to a quarterfinal, and I would almost bet a future bet on the U.S. hoping that they get to a quarterfinal, and then I can hedge out. So, so, what do you think of the Americans heading in? Because you've obviously watched them all throughout qualifying, you're in tune with the the team and just like always keeping up with it. So. What do you think of the Americans' chances? They're in that group with
1: England, Iran, and Wales. What do you think of them? So it's a hard decision, right? You either have to choose to back the quality that they have, which would make them undervalued in the market because they have a ton of quality, but they are the youngest team in in this tournament. Um, not a lot of World Cup experience. Like, a lot of guys aren't. And a lot of this group that's going to play together against Wales, I guess, next week, Um A lot of those guys haven't played together. Like, there's been so many injuries over the course of qualifying that your starting 11 may not have a lot of continuity. And because you're so young, you haven't, like, it's not like you can be like, I've played with this group for five years now. It's going to be fine. Like, this is something where they're kind of just starting to build the foundation. And also, you have a manager that lacks anything positive. (laughs) Um, so I think that you're going to get potentially suboptimal 11s from selection standpoint. I do think you're also going to get, just have some issues scoring goals. They played two friendlies against what we would consider to be like lower end world cup teams, um, including one against the team that has the absolute longest odds to win the world cup and they couldn't score a goal. So, yeah. I, and now granted, that wasn't like I mean that wasn't your peak 11. like so I'm not saying like I don't know. I think we' no react to a friendly,
0: there. but at the same time it's something that has to be pointed out. There's
1: value in either side I think of backing the Americans. like I think you could either be like, yeah, no, this team's not getting out of the group and like I would understand like I would totally be like, yeah, okay, Triple G messed it up and he got fired and they just had an awful time at the World Cup. But if he told me like, hey, you know greg ran out a competent enough lineup and they beat wales which they're favored to do so currently and giving, and they got one off of england and got three off of iran and you're just like oh wow they got seven like that's in the range i mean i i'm a little bit surprised but um but you know i if you had told me pre-world cup that that's what happened i would have been like oh okay maybe i mean i can see it it's the ceiling but i can see it um yeah So I think there's value in either side. Um, I do think that the round of 16 matchup, like we mentioned, which would likely be Holland, um, is not overly terrifying. Um, I think that that's one where you would go in and you would have the class to potentially pull an upset. So I do think that on plus 460 to make a quarterfinal, there's some value. Uh, I think minus 105 to get out of the group is an interesting play. Uh, I'm, I can't recommend anything because I feel like, you know, I've been as a fan building to this point for a while mm-hmm. now, especially having not played in it last time. So um, I do think that I think there's value on either side, depending on your view. Like it's like they kind of the books and the markets kind of took a middle position. Like they were like, you're going to have to make up your own mind because relative to like the betting markets, they're just a complete unknown. Like there's like, there's so many different ways that this ends. And I don't know that I want to put actual money on any of it. Like now granted, this is me now, me before Wales, maybe holding 130 to one. Like, so we'll see. (laughs) I think I
0: will put money on the plus four sixty for all the stuff that we've talked about. The quality is there. I think they are the second best team in this group. I think that they're going to get out of that group, and when I look at the other group that they would have to play, I think that it's in the cards for them to beat any team in Group A, regardless of who it is. And so for that, I think I have to go plus four sixty. Like we're talking about the U.S. just getting to a quarterfinal, having better odds than Brazil to win the whole tournament. So I think it's I think that's actual value. We talked like I think Brazil is going to win the World Cup, but I also don't want to go and bet a plus four hundred on a future bet to go all the way they could get to the final and then lose. And then I'm sitting there pissed off that it happened. So I would agree on that point. Um, Now I've gotten down a slippery slope. I'm obviously the, the Canadian here. I keep trying to talk myself into Canada. I keep trying so hard because it felt like a team, like the run that they went on in CONCACAF Inspired the whole country they haven't been to a world cup since 86 they've obviously they were worried that davies wouldn't go because byron keeps running him into the ground but now he looks like he's going to be all good to go they have some attacking up front and then when the draw came out i had to take a couple days to say like i'm not going to overreact to this but i think this sucks i think it sucks where we're at but i i'm obviously not as high on belgium I don't think that, I'm not going to say that Canada is going to go take three points off Belgium or anything crazy. I think they would need a lot of help in order to take a point off Belgium. Like they just don't take their chances. It ends up a one, one game because Canada gets a counterattack. You and, feel, goal and you'd feel a hope. lot
1: better about that. If Jonathan David had had a good club season. <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: And, but then I look at the Croatia team and I know that it's their last run basically together as a group. But I don't think that they're unbeatable. I think the road for Canada to qualify out of their group, well, they have to take three points off Morocco. You don't take three points right. off Morocco, you're done. Good, See you later. But yeah. they would
1: have to get five points. You and think they'll need think, five? And I don't think five is in the cards. I think, I think they can get there with four, but you better score a lot against Morocco. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. They would have to go and win... Like they didn't in like three four and like they'd have just, to win you know, three
0: four nil. They would need to only lose like one nil to Belgium or two to one or something. And then maybe they draw Croatia and Croatia loses handily and then doesn't take care of it. Well, and the
1: other, but the other thing you have to weigh, I think, if you're looking for positive spin, is you could also live in the world where Croatia and Belgium draw and like in that and world, that's where they would need that help, right? Like that's where you would have to be. Like if they draw, if they draw. And you know, Canada beats Morocco and then all of a sudden you're rolling into the and I don't know their schedule. i, I mean, do they play Morocco first? Uh they play Belgium first. That's the issue. Oh, that's even worse. Um well, but anyway. now
0: now here's the thing. That day they're gonna know because the Morocco and Croatia game goes really early. They're gonna see, okay, if Croatia takes all three points.
1: Well, now you well, have to go and take like, a so point like off. yeah, I mean, the way I'm anticipating this and thinking it in my head is that nobody loses to Morocco. Everybody beats them. And yeah. so everybody gets three against Morocco. Croatia and Belgium draw, which is one apiece. Like, I like, there's a world where Canada just gets into basically like a round robin draw fest with everybody else. And like, they get in on goal differential. Like, mm-hmm. or or, I mean, they find a way to steal one, like, which is not out of the question. Like um well but 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 me being because I'm obviously really close
0: to like I watched every qualifying game I'm very into Canadian soccer am I being far too optimistic and it's a it's a Belgium Croatia one two or
1: is there actually a scenario here where they advance I mean, I think there's a scenario where they advance, like we just laid it out. I don't but think like a 10% chance. Is that what I we're think saying? It's, here? No, I think it's more likely than that. I'm not going to tell you it's a 50% chance, yeah. but I mean, I'm going to tell you that like, maybe you have like 30%. Like, I mean, okay. like I think that there's a world where Canada goes and steals a point off one of the big two and beats Morocco and gets to four. And in that scenario, like you could potentially be looking at like a Belgium or a Croatia going into their match with Morocco being like, Oh God, like, you know, we're sitting on two points or something like that. And, like, if we don't get all three against Morocco, like, we're screwed. Um, so, and then, like, in an ideal world for Canada, it plays out. They beat Morocco and they steal a match off one of the other two. But even if they beat Morocco and just get one draw, you hope that – you honestly hope that one of Croatia or Belgium takes all three points from the other. Mm-hmm. And then That's you find – kind of where them. I'm
0: at. I'm hoping that Croatia yeah. – loses outright to Belgium
1: right and then you find a way to draw Croatia and beat Morocco and then get in on goal differential and you just hope that you just sit everybody back and hope that you if you lose to Belgium then you hope that it's 1-0 like you hope that you just drop do the absolute minimal like you lose 1-0 you go beat Morocco two or three and then you draw Croatia and then you hope that Belgium beats Croatia like six to one (laughs) (laughs) and that's why like
0: I am going to play the future bet. I I think I I would be crazy to not play my own country given how much I've put into it. Plus two seventy five to get out of the group.
1: I think that that's a fair price. Like I think that's a price where if you play it, not and, crazy. And to out. be
0: honest, that that plays into your thirty percent chance because they're yeah, saying no. that it's
1: like three to one odds to get out. Yeah, which well, means yeah, that's honestly like kind of crazy. I hadn't even <laughs> looked at the price. Like, um, yeah, like I think that. I think that that's about fair. Like, I think that that's a good play. Like I'll probably, I would probably play something similar if if I was in that position. So I like it. I think that they have a chance to go improve quality. Like they have the quality to score goals as well. So I will
0: play them double chance probably against both Croatia and
1: Belgium and money line straight up against Morocco. God, I mean, against Morocco, they could be laying like two eighty or something like that. <laughs> I I actually
0: should go and look at that. To see I think they up.
1: I have I have the prices I think for every match already. God. I can tell you what Canada's prices are. Oh God, the odds for the Belgium match are way worse than I thought. So actually, Canada's actually underdogs to Morocco. Canada's plus two thirty five <laughs> against Morocco. Um, <laughs> well, so. I'm gonna
0: play the money line then. I mean, that's yeah. phenomenal. So Belgium,
1: Belgium minus 280, uh, draw plus 390, Canada plus 750 to collect three points against Belgium, Uh, Croatia minus 135, draw plus 275, Canada plus 340 against Croatia, and then against Morocco, Morocco plus 125, draw plus 220, Canada plus 235. So they obviously aren't super excited about this Canadian team, which to me is a little different but or that's a little weird but like but
0: and, and this is where i've struggled with the canada thing final canada point and then we can go on and talk about a couple other teams but i'm struggling with i did this in the euro where i felt like scotland at some point would get points because i was so excited that scotland got there and then they just didn't they just couldn't produce and i'm concerned that i'm talking myself into that and that we're going to be sitting here and Canada is going to have one point at the end of the group stage. Cause they lost both and then they
1: drew Morocco. Yeah. and that's Morocco just- is definitely looking at Canada the same way we as North Americans are looking at Morocco. Like they're like, we have to beat Canada if we want to have a chance. Like that's yeah. like, that's the way that they're looking at. It. And like Canada is the inexcusable loss for the bigger teams. Like that's the way they're thinking about it. But I think Canada is better than the market thinks they are.
0: Okay. All right. Now, the team that you've probably been waiting for an hour to talk about because we've been talking about them in our group chat for a while,
1: who is your kind of team that we're not talking about that we should be? Yeah, I'm on Denmark 28 to 1. Like, okay. that's where I'm at. Uh, I'm on Denmark 28 to 1. I love the I love the team. They rolled at Euros two years ago before, um, before the Ericsson tragedy. Uh, and it's understandable why they weren't able to kind of get back up and find a way to continue to like really roll and uh, continue to play well after that. But I love the midfield like there's you know, you have both atta- uh, attacking and defensive quality in that midfield. Pierre-Emile uh starting in that midfield with Christian Eriksson back in the national team again now. Um lots of premier league quality in the back. Casper Schmeichel probably going to start in goal for the uh, for the Danish. I played them at 28 to 1. I thought that number was outrageous. Uh they were like half of that at euros and I know that that's a different animal, but like I thought that number was too high as well. That number on the Danes has now since come down to 25 to 1. Uh, at least in America it has. So I played them early, got them 28 to one. I think this team is really good. I'm going to also play them plus 225 to win the group. Uh, I think that they get the result necessary against France to find a way to win that group. It's a team that I love at the back. It's a team that I love in the front. I really trust the midfield. I think Erickson's going to create opportunities. Uh has become an underrated um, midfielder in terms of chance creation. Uh, and he also has the ability to bury some of those outside of the box shots, which he's now done in the Premier League and the Champions League uh, mm-hmm. all year. So he's he is massively informed coming into the World Cup. Erickson's a known commodity. Uh, I trust the wingers. I trust up front. Like I, I just love this team back uh, all the way, you know, top to bottom. Uh, they generated great XG and XG against numbers as well at Euros. It's a team with continuity that's played together a ton. They check all the boxes for what I'm looking for in a World Cup team. So I played them both to win the groove and to win the World Cup. I'll probably start looking at hedging if we get to a quarter, depending on matchups, and then a semi for sure, because we're likely getting like an Argentina-Brazil type matchup. England, maybe.
0: Okay. I like Denmark as well. I think the value's there. I will probably play quarterfinal for them, hoping that they win their group because I think that France are a bit banged up. Hopefully they come out and win their group and then they can play a poll into Mexico, a Saudi Arabia in the next round, which is that's if they avoid Argentina, obviously, but I think Argentina is going to win that group. So I do like the value there. And then once you get to the quarters, it honestly might be worth playing both like kind of a similar situation that we talked about earlier, where you play the quarterfinal knowing that they can get there. And then you never know once you get to the quarters, there's a team every world cup, it seems that goes to a semifinal or even a final where you're like, what the hell? Croatia's in the final. What the hell? This South Korea goes all the way to the semis sort of deal. So I think that it's a possibility. Um, I'm maybe not as high. I really like, I agree. I think Denmark kind of got railroaded by the whole Ericsson situation at Euro um, because I did like them then. I like Schmeichel and Goal. I like Christensen on the back end. I like Olsen up front. I like Ericsson. I think that there's a lot of quality in this side that we don't talk about enough. So I do think that the odds are there. The one that I'm going to play as a long shot, and <laughs> I'm going to play them to win the World Cup, not thinking that they even have a chance to win the World Cup, but that I think they could go far enough to make some noise is Senegal. I'm playing Senegal... Yeah. Hoping that the Americans don't advance. Sorry. That's just the way that it is. Or (laughs) hoping that they advance and England doesn't. Because we talked about the fact that England can be had. This is a team that can be beaten. And when I look at the Senegal side, everyone will say that it's Mane. Now, this is obviously banking on the fact that Mane will be good to go because he's going to the World Cup. Whether he's going to be ready to go or not remains to be seen. But... Mendy in goal, Kulabali, Cisse, Diallo at the back, Kuyate, Guye in the midfield, Mane up front with Jang and Diada. I think there's some quality in this side. I think they are the second best team in that group. I think they're going to advance past Ecuador and they're going to advance past Qatar. So... I think once they get past that, and this is not a shot at the States, but I I think both England and the States can be had. If it's any of the other two teams in that group, they can be. I think if they get to a quarterfinal, then I hedge out. But 119-1 to is where they're at right now. It's a super long shot, but it's one that I could make a bit of money off
1: of. It feels like one of the teams in that group is going to lose to Qatar, and that's going to be like where we like kind of look back. I hope and... it's Ecuador. <laughs> Sorry, Edgar. Yeah, I I think I think we're going to look back, and someone's going to drop points to Qatar, and they're not going to come up empty-handed, and we'll wonder what went wrong. Yeah, like it's but, one. Of those... But
0: I think even if Qatar gets a full result, I think they'll lose the other two, and then
1: we'll be like, oh, oh. Well, I'm not thinking like that. They're going to get out. I'm more thinking like. Yeah. If if they're they're going to ruin prevent, somebody's. If they're going to prevent someone else from getting out, uh, and you don't cool. know whether that's Ecuador or Senegal. And I don't know. Like I really don't know. Vegas seems to think that it's a little bit more likely that it's Ecuador. So, um, yeah. Um, I mean,
0: it's a super long shot, but I it think is. No, I can get them to the, the quarters,
1: and then you had No, I mean it makes sense. Like I mean, if you play like if you play the U.S., you're going to have Sadio Mane running at like Serginho Desk, like. Yeah, yeah. And, and and every
0: tournament. Do you remember this was a couple World Cups ago the the Rodriguez World Cup where like Colombia was an okay team, but just he went on that kind of tear, took them on a bit of a run. I think they went to the quarters that year. A team can run, and that team can run, and and I like I like what they have at the back end for Senegal. So I think they're going to be tough to break down at times. But I also think when you have a guy like Mane who is great at Liverpool but also having a very good season with Bayern. I just think that he's I'm looking for that player, that player that could take a team on a run and to me he kind of matches that bill which is why I'm rolling with Senegal.
1: Yeah, I I mean I don't I don't hate it at all. I mean I would definitely lean Senegal over Ecuador. So um and I think that if you're playing it out of that group with that mindset then you take Senegal. Um so like I think I do definitely think that they're interesting. Uh, i think that they could easily get into a quarter and if you get into a quarter with that price then you already won so um and quarters for them is plus 400 so we're looking at pretty good yeah i think they're telling you i like i and i think that they're kind of telling you like all right like yeah there's an outside chance the seam advances in the round of 16 and then there's like no chance that they win. yeah
0: there's no chance
1: past that yeah, like they're not winning another one. Like, and it's honestly, it's the same price with the U.S. Like, I mean, yeah. you're getting the same type, and they deal. fall in that
0: same category because we think that they can go get past that first round, and then once they get into the quarters, they're like, oh, okay, yeah, the Americans, yeah, they beat Senegal or Ecuador. Now they play Argentina,
1: and you're like, oh, okay. Oh, and then you're just like, and then you think about yeah, and then you think about Lionel Messi running at Senegal or. The US is back line and you almost like <laughs> run away from the television in fear. Like because then you're thinking about playing an Argentina multi-goal spread. So I know you're just like, Yeah, can I get Argentina minus
0: four and a half? <laughs> <laughs> Plus 300, but it still right. catches. Um, but Walker, this was a ton of fun, man, having you on. Obviously, over at Off the Ball Network, we're gonna be doing a lot more World Cup stuff leading up. Um, probably doing some daily discussions as well, just around game results and groups and, and where teams fall.
1: Uh, later on, but Walker, tell the folks where you've what you've got going on
0: uh, over at the network.
1: Yeah, so um, Mo Murphy and I, Vice President um, Field Stormers College Football Podcast here in the states, uh, every single week, uh, just kind of grand scheme of things, national landscape type podcast with college football. Chris Bolton and I back with One Shining Pod for college basketball. We're gonna be once a week on Wednesdays this year um kind of as the season gets kicked off and then we're going to kind of plan some stuff for later in the year that we're still working on uh and then yeah and then just check out everything at offtheballnetwork.com i'm going to try to be writing more kind of during the college basketball season um and kind of just doing some stuff that uh for OCB and bets with uh, with writing some long form stuff for the network um so just there at walkerbailey818 on twitter like i'm always kind of just sharing thoughts too like on twitter like if i see a bet that i like that maybe be a spur of the moment then i'll kind of just tweet it out and just kind of like hey like i kind of like this um so stuff like that then uh you can follow me on twitter for other than that like that's pretty much it sounds good
0: well appreciate you coming on the show today um follow us on all our social platforms at hedgepod uh, we'll put out today's plays there. Uh, we'll give you our quick recap before we go off the air in case you missed them earlier. We are on Cavs money line tonight in the NBA, Wild money line in the NHL, college basketball. We're on South Carolina money line, West Virginia minus two, and SMU plus 11 and a half. Appreciate all of you who tuned in. Longest show in competitive hedge history, but a great one nonetheless. And we will see you guys on Monday for the competitive hedge podcast. Welcome back to the Competitive Hedge Podcast. We are joined on today's episode by Walker Bailey and we talk about the World Cup. We preview some of the biggest teams that are entering the tournament as well as our home nations of the United States and Canada and talk about their chances for the tournament. We appreciate everyone who listens in. Shout out to our sponsors over at Bet99 and Last Mountain Distillery. With that, let's get into the episode.